Yacht Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, the Madman. We're getting started a couple minutes late, but uh, I don't want to hear any whining because it's a free show, you crybabies. Anyway, I was just outside thinking uh, earlier, uh, I was having a smoke, you know, and I was thinking about um, the kind of stuff that's stuck in my head. You know, it's like I couldn't tell you my 11 general orders from the Navy. What, uh, what, were, what was number one? It was like I'll pass on all, all orders from the officer of the day duty officer, command duty officer, and to a post until I'm relieved. See, I can't tell you that. However, I could sit here and say something like um, like that episode of where Gilligan gets sick of being teased and he breaks into the professor's lab to make some LSD, peeks, freaks, and eats the skipper's brains and beats Ginger with coconuts as Mr. Howell and Lovey burn alive inside of their grass hut. Oh, he'll kill again, that Gilligan. They should have let him be. Like a postal clerk, I'll go berserk if you, stop, if you don't stop teasing me. See, the trick is only pick on those that can't do you no harm, like the drummer from Def Leppard only has one arm. The drummer from Def Leppard only has one arm. For some reason, I can memorize Bloodhound Gang lyrics, and at some point in my life, I wanted to remember that kind of stuff, and it, it, retain, it remains in my head. However, I got out of the Navy, and it's like, I don't need the 11 general orders anymore. To file deleted. It's weird. It's weird. The kind of, it's like I got to care about it in some way, and I care about Bloodhound Gang lyrics because I find it hilarious. And so I, I, it's weird how your memory works. It's like I could be incredibly eidetic and, t- and photographic in my memory when it comes to something I care about. But if I don't care about it, I'll probably forget it. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, uh, I heard there was a Super Bowl and Springsteen didn't drive a Ford, but you don't really care for car ads, do you? And I don't care about the Super Bowl. That's all you're going to hear me say about the Super Bowl. I compared it to a, a Leonard Cohen song. <laughs> um, Buddy and Gary, I do see your comments after the fact. Uh, I can't monitor chat during the show. I'm busy doing a show. And so uh, I, I see you. Thanks for participating and commenting. And I wish more people would do that. Um, but if you'd, like, if you'd like me to hire somebody to uh, monitor the chat during the show, all you have to do is go over to Patreon.com, become a patron, send me oodles of money. Or you can go to Cash App, use the cash tag ShockMonkeyRadio. And there you can uh, send me cash or cash app, you know, and you can tell me stuff. You, you, nobody really jumped on the idea of a comic book, you know. Maybe I'll bring one in next week. I don't know. If you're interested in getting a comic book, you know, maybe having a giveaway once a month, and I'll give you one of my comic books. I mean, we could do something like that. If you're interested in that, all you got to do is send me cash through cash app, Shock Monkey Radio, all one word, or become a patron. Send me an email, madman at fxbgpr.com, and let me know if you're interested in uh, paying for an opportunity to win one of the Madman's comic books. And I, I don't want to get rid of them. I, I don't want I, I want my collection. Anyway. So, uh, back and forth through my mind behind a cigarette. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm still fighting that depression. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Be mine, Rebecca Felgate. Be mine. What are you doing these days? Making cocktails and sexy dresses? Okay. All right. Whatever. I don't, I don't understand Insta fame, Instagram famous. I don't really get it. Anyway. You ever seen a 2002 Eddie Griffin movie called Undercover Brother? 
Now, if you have not seen this movie, go find it now. My podcast will still be here for you to listen to, and I'll probably even save your place. It is hilarious. Now, we play a role-playing game here, uh, EK and I. Uh, we, we play a role-playing game called Heroes Unlimited, and Heroes Unlimited is based upon the Palladium role-playing game system. And the Palladium role-playing game system has another game called Ninjas, Ninjas and Super Spies. And this movie... Undercover Brother is ripped straight from the pages of Ninjas and Super Spies. And in 2002, when this movie came out, people were still cool enough to make a shitload of racial jokes and not feel a need to make everything about to be about some woke issue. Undercover Brother is hilarious because it's a super spy agency of black people called the Brotherhood, which is sexist. And all the gadgets are black-based, if you know what I mean. It's fro picks that double as throwing shuriken. Afro-sheen oil slicks, it's platform shoes to walk over walls, and a black arm that pops out of the wall that you have to properly dap in order to confirm your blackness to get into the secret agency. It's glorious. On top of all of this hilariousness is the fact that this film makes fun of tropes, stereotypes, and racism all through the film. And we have to understand that it's okay to make fun of these things. Neil Patrick Harris is in the film. And he's a part of this organization called the Brotherhood. Now, how did the white guy get a job there? Affirmative action. Just one of the many jokes in this movie. The Brotherhood fights against the man, an evil villain determined to turn back the clock on race relations. He, but he's a faceless white guy giving orders to his underlings, like Mr. Feather, who is played by Chris Kattan. Again, he is hilarious. Uh, Dave Chappelle is also in this film as Conspiracy Brother, where Dave will randomly go off in some militant racist rant for a while, and it's hilarious every time. It's Chappelle, after all. And in the end, there's a very good underlying message of tolerance and understanding between the races that, reflect, that really reflect how tr Americans truly are. I'll bust your black balls for your ashy elbows, and you can compare me to saltines, and we all laugh and move on with our lives as allies, not enemies. Being able to take and give jokes is an important part of relating to anyone, not just people of other races. If anything, it's more important <laughs> when dealing with other races. So what do I give this best game of ninjas, ninjas and super spies ever? Undercover Brother is 12 of 13 stars. I can't go all the way to 13 because it's a movie about blacks. The man would never allow it. I'm kidding, obviously. I can't give it the full 13 stars because the low budget of this movie was obvious a few times in the film, and I can't let that go. It was a really strong comedy script, and they should have put more money behind it. I have not seen the second one. I have doubts that it would live up to the first because of the era in which it was made, but if you think I should give it a shot and review it for you, email me, madmanfxbgpr.com. Let me know. Better yet, cash at me. Hashtag shockmonkeyradio. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I kind of missed that era of the early aughts when we actually were really cool with each other and everyone wasn't looking through a, uh, a lens of how to, how to find something to be offended about. Like, you can't think of any other topic to talk about. I don't know. It, it, it's not good to romanticize the past in many ways, but I mean, it, it seems like, in the, especially in the early, early aughts, it, we, we got along together better as Americans. You know, and now everyone's, you know, like it was the early aughts, you know, very few people who were tech savvy were on the internet, on social media and stuff like that. Now, nowadays, everyone's on social media trying to find, a, invent new ways to be offended. <laughs> so, yeah. 
speaking of funny things, um, I'm probably going to joke at your funeral. All right. And that's just the kind of guy I, I am. And I don't know, if, speaking of political incorrectness, I wonder how, how inappropriate that is to tell jokes at a funeral. You know, if, if it were my funeral, if it were my funeral, I want people laughing. All right? I want people having a good time. You can remember me or not. You know, I'd rather you come to my funeral with some good jokes. You know, because I don't know about you, but when I'm sad and awkward and stuff like that, I want to I crack jokes. You know? And that's the whole point of having a sense of humor is that that's so it's easier to deal with the harder stuff of life. That's why God gave us a sense of humor so that you can, you can crack a joke at a funeral. All right. And I'm, <laughs> excuse me. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you, uh, you should go in there and like try to make jokes at the expense of the deceased, obviously, but have fun. Crack jokes, you know? Absolutely. Crack jokes at my funeral. I beg you. People are going to be bored anyway at my funeral. All right? And so I'm the kind of guy who's going to crack a joke at a, at a funeral. And so I want to know, how politically incorrect is that? Anyway, that's just a little rant I wanted to get off my chest. I don't know. I don't know. I have some weird things on my mind this week. Um, so uh, you may remember a couple shows ago. Was it last week or the, a couple, couple weeks ago? I reviewed Quantico. Oh, and it was awful. And so just to uh, rebuild the reputation of the FBI in my own mind, I, I started watching Criminal Minds. For, again, it's the second time I've watched Criminal Minds. And the, the FBI in Criminal Minds is way more under, <laughs> reasonable and uh, professional than uh, uh, the Quantico FBI. And it makes me feel a little bit better. It's like, okay, there are professional and smart people who are out there you know, fighting criminals and not just a bunch of uh, high school kids screwing each other like Quantico is. And so um, uh, the whole difference, the whole difference between those two shows is stark. I mean, it's stark. I mean, yeah, you can watch Criminal Minds and say, Democrat, Democrat, probably Democrat, definitely Democrat, Garcia, Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. However, it never really comes into play at all because they're hunting people who like murder and rape children and shit like that. You know, they're, they're hunting horrible people. And if, and if you want me to rate like Criminal Minds, it's like 10 of 13 stars. It's derivative at times. Anyway, that being said, it, it, it's more realistic in the sense that um, uh, like, Criminal Minds is more realistic in the sense that, you know, th- they're actually trying to solve like real cases <laughs> or cases ripped from the headlines or cases like uh, that are, you know, based upon uh, uh, past serial killers and stuff like that. And, you know, they're, they're trying to do the work, and, and politics never really comes into play. You know, nobody ever, you know, what's, uh, what's that dude's name? Shamar Moore? I forget his name in the show. But uh, if he, it's never come, you're just, you just said that because I'm black or something like that. There's, <laughs> there's nothing like that, or there's no, no female in, in, the, in the behavioral analysis unit that's sitting there. It's like, why are you treating me that way? Because I'm a woman. There's no Karens in criminal minds. Maybe it's because it's from the same era that I was romanticizing earlier when it comes to Undercover Brother. All right? People got along better in that era. I don't know why. People weren't all offended all the time or looking for ways to be offended or trying to cause office drama. All right? Because that's all that shit is. When somebody says, like, I think they just did it because that's office drama. They did it because they're sexist, racist, whatever, like that. That's just office drama. 
And I, I don't know what's going on with these companies they, these days. It's like, if you cause office, office drama like that, you should be fired, you know? Then you can sit there and cry all day. It's like, they fired me because I'm black or a woman or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's because you're a problem, you know? Employers don't want problem employees. I know better than anyone, <laughs> all right? I was a problem employee in everywhere I've ever worked. I work for myself, and I'm a problem for myself. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I just don't understand. It's like, how can, I can't imagine going to work in this day and age. Last time I was working in a professional setting was around 2005, 2006. All right. And even then it was like, you know, you can't watch what you're saying on the internet, madman. Watch what you're saying. We, 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 we read your blog. We go to your website. And it's like, why the hell are you on my website? Should have no bearing on my job. Stuff I was saying in 2003, 2004, 2005. It was like. You sh- your c- the company should have no business in my social media, okay? And if they're starting to s- if they're starting to say in workplaces now that you can't say this or you can't say that or you get called into the talk to the boss because of something you posted, you know, on your on your Facebook page, you know, that's that's an illegal search if you ask me. It's just like a drug test. I think a drug test is an illegal search that they do to employees, and I can't believe we've put up with this for so long just for the sake of getting a paycheck. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And if they're going over your social media and you got to watch what you say because of your job, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. You need to get in trouble. You need to be able to crack jokes. You need to be able to express yourself as a living human being in this world in order to survive. It's a more pressing matter for me than it is for you, but you still need it too. Anyway, what's I talking about? Jokes at a funeral. <laughs> Ooh, ranty. I'm a little bit ranty today. Might be might be a slow show, uh, a short show. Sorry, because <laughs> uh, I I'm kind of kind of done ranting on that. Uh, Criminal Minds, ten of thirteen stars. Derivative at times. There's a lot they take from other like horror movies and and stuff like that. It's uh, it's, uh, it's it's based upon a lot of serial killers, Ed Gein, and you know all the classics. And if you if you're in uh, if you're interested in like real, true crime and stuff like that, like many many people are. <laughs> You know, Criminal Minds is a show for you. I forgot how good it was, the show. I mean, it, how, how it's shot and uh, the budget. It's, it's a little dark at times. I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about the subject matter, which can be dark. But uh, the exposure, you know, I, think, I think that was real popular in like, uh, the, like the 90s, late 90s, early aughts. It was like a darker kind of uh, thing that you see. You remember like Game of Thrones? It's like Game of Thrones dark. You know, where it's just, it's meant to be watched in a dark group. And so, uh... But uh, I think like like uh, 2010s and the teens and stuff like that. That's when like overexposing got big again. Do you follow cinematography at all, <laughs> or is this just I'm just a crazy person? Anyway, one more thing to talk about before we get to the news worth knowing. So I want to talk about uh, Samuel Colt's great equalizer. It's called the Peacemaker. All right. Now this happened about 10 years after the Civil War ended, and sure, revolvers had been around for a while up to this point you know, in like the 1873 area. That's where, that's where we are historically, 1873. And revolvers had been around for a while up until this point. However, they were all, uh, cartridges were still a very new thing. Cartridges are where, the, you know, the, uh, the powder, the blasting cap, and the, and the projectile are all contained in one single unit. That's the bullet, the modern bullet that we have today. All right, that, that had just been invented. And so that allowed uh, the, uh, the development of uh, revolvers. 
where you put the cartridge in the revolver and you can shoot it. So revolvers had been around for a while. However, they were made by blacksmiths. And the blacksmiths, uh, there was uh, before the Industrial Revolution, blacksmiths, each and every single revolver was unique and so forth. And so you didn't have any interchangeable parts. And so if your revolver broke, then you, you had to get a new revolver. You have to get some smithy to craft one up for you. <laughs> but with Samuel Colt, he uh, introduced the interchangeable parts uh, for his Peacemaker. This, uh, it was, uh, I think it was a forty-five caliber uh, revolving six-shooter, you know, that you see in every Western. You know, that's, that's what they used. It was a single action, uh, means, which means cock, and then pull the trigger. Cock and pull the trigger. That's single action. And so um, it was called the, they said Samuel Colt made them equal. You know, and it was called a peacemaker. Now, how on earth could a firearm be called a peacemaker? And I'll tell you why. It's because Samuel Colt made firearms so cheap, so interchangeable and easy to maintain, easy to repair, easy, easy, to, easy to buy. All right. He put that firearm, that defensive firearm in the hands of anybody who could hold one. That included women, that included minorities, and that's why you see, hear all, all sorts of stories about black cowboys. Because at the end of the day, you know, a black guy could pull, it, could pull a trigger just like you can. And that's what makes us equal, you know, is being, being in this era where, you know, everyone is equal in terms of, like, if everyone's carrying a six-shooter, you know, you don't, mess with, you don't mess with the prostitute, you don't slap her around too much because she might pull out a gun and shoot you, you know? It's just you don't mess with the black guy because he might pull out a gun and shoot you. All right. And it's unfortunate that we have to live under this kind of threat to treat each other nicely. But unfortunately, I mean, the, that era, the 1870s into the 1900s was the beginning of the era where people didn't need to carry firearms. They would carry a sword cane or they would carry like a, a, a rifle cane. You know, they would have weapons, but they started using like concealing them more often. Because in polite society, it's not good to walk into a, a, a gala in New York City with a, <laughs> with a six shooter strapped to your hip. Instead, you have a rifle, rifle cane or a sword cane, you know, and that's when uh, uh, I think that made people treat each other with far more respect. I think Mike Tyson said it's like the Internet has brought on an age where, you know, you don't get punched in the face for some of the stupid shit you say sometimes. And, you know, there's some truth in that. There's some wisdom in something Mike Tyson said. And so, I mean, uh, the Samuel Colt made us all equal. All right. And even in the era before firearms, when people like everyone carried a weapon, it's like I mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. And in Game of Thrones, everyone has like a dagger or a sword with them. It's like even uh, what's her name? The, the red haired mom. She she pulls out a dagger her time or two. It's like, hey, she's armed, too. And that's the whole point is that, you know, uh, we live in a dangerous world, you know, where people <laughs> where not only are there creatures out there that are like uh, <laughs> you've seen a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> they're terrifying a mountain lion terrifying a bear yeah firearms are great for that but you know what there's also monsters walking these streets wearing hats and talking english all right if you watch criminal minds you know that there's plenty of crazy people out there who are ready to kill who are ready to kill and i don't know if it's some sort of genetic uh or abnormality in, in the human race is like certain percentage of people have to be sociopaths and that's good for <laughs> good for our evolution because sometimes a sociopath is the only one uh, anyway it's weird it's weird but the point is that it, the it, we live in this world where uh anyone could carry a firearm you know it's so that's why you treat each other nice it's it's under this threat that's why the second amendment and the first amendment they always belong in the bill of rights 
and, you know, most of the other ones too, legal search procedure. All, the, all that other stuff is great as well. But one and two are the, are the biggest part. And I think Samuel Colt uh, uh, made people equal because of the uh, uh, Industrial Revolution and was allowed to make these things cheap and put them in everybody's hands and so that everybody stopped shooting each other in the streets for the most part. Now, here we are today in like cities like Chicago. This is shooting every, every couple hours. You know, I don't think that's the fault of the gun. You know, people forget, you know, this is like, you, you know, you're shooting at people is not a good thing. I mean, gangs were a problem back in the 1870s, 1880s and stuff like that. They'd ride into towns and take over and stuff like that. You know, take what they wanted and leave. It happened. And that's what like posses were rounded up for. Because the citizens would have to stand up to these people. You know, you can't, you can't call the president in 1873, you know, send the telegraph. It's like, they're riding into town right now. It's like, we don't know when we're going to get a response. And so you'd have to, the citizenry would have to band together in order to fight off some uh, invading gang like that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the world we need to get back into. Maybe it's the kind of world we need to strive for. But what we need to understand is that, you know, hey, be cool with each other. You don't know who's packing heat. All right. And when, when it comes down to equality, anybody who can do this is a danger to you. So be careful. I'm, I'm doing the trigger figure for those of you who are just listening. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. Now imagine a stinger in your mind playing on the screen. Mad Mad begins the news worth knowing. So, uh, World Health Organization drops investigation into whether COVID-19 virus leaked from Wuhan lab, lab, calling theory unlikely. Boom. Hit stinger. Ow! Anyway. (laughs) WHO drops investigation into whether COVID-19 virus leaked from Wuhan lab. Okay. So a team investigating from WHO the origins of the coronavirus pandemic downplayed the possibility that the virus leaked from a lab near Wuhan, China, during a news conference on Tuesday. Instead, coronavirus, ex- uh, like coronavirus likely spread from animals to humans. WHO food safety and animal diseases expert Penn, Peter Ben Embarek said. The WHO and China have faced strong criticism from around the world over the pandemic response. As China blocked WHO investigators from entering Wuhan for months, they finally arrived in mid-January of this year. Quote, our initial findings suggest that the introduction through an intermediary host species is, most like, is most, the most likely pathway and one that will require more study, more specific targeted research, Embark told reporters. He went on to say, however, the findings suggest that the laboratory incidence hypothesis is extremely unlikely to explain the introduction of the virus to the human population, Embark said. Therefore, it is not a hypothesis that we advise to suggest further studies into understanding of the origin of the virus. <laughs> Double talk. Uh, Embark made the assessment at the, in, uh, at the end of a visit to central Chinese city of Wuhan, uh, where a team of scientists is investigating the possible origins of the coronavirus. The first cases were discovered in the city in 2019, December. The Wuhan Institute of Viro- Virology has collected extensive virus samples leading to allegations that it may have caused the original outbreak by leaking the virus into the surrounding community. China has strongly rejected the possibility and has promoted other theories that the virus may have originated elsewhere. The team is considering uh, several theories of how the disease first ended up in humans. 
the WHO team <clears throat> draws on experts from 10 countries. Its mission is intended to be an initial step delving into the origins of the virus, which is believed to have originated in bats before being passed to humans through another species of wild animal, such as the pangolin or the bamboo rat, which is considered exotic and an exotic delicacy by some in China. The pangolin? They eat pangolin? Have you ever seen one of those? They're cute. <laughs> cute little creatures. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they eat it. Anyway, uh, transmission through the trade in for, uh, frozen products is a likely possibility, Embark said. Uh, critics of the World Health Organization say China has an outsized influence on the world health body. President Biden said he would re-engage with the WHO, reversing former President Donald Trump's withdrawal from the controversial UN body over its handling of the early days of the COVID-19 crisis. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how seriously you could take this. Uh, China, China's had its hands in WHO for a while. Uh, I don't know what China's thinking. I don't know why they... Uh, hey, it happens. It happens. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, it's like... I, I don't know. I, it's not like I can be mad at China. It's not like I can be mad at China for this. I mean, this kind of stuff happens. Where it originates, I think, is irrelevant. But, I mean, uh, sure, they could have, China could have handled it better in terms of containment. Absolutely. Instead of sending people to New York. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're sick? Get on a plane. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I mean, it could have been a... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to hide from. What, are we going to start a war with China over this? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Just come clean. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Senator Rand Paul, let's, say, let's see what he has to say about Trump's impeachment trial. Just pick a random guy. <laughs> so this is from Rand Paul. Uh, this week, I will sit on a panel of jurors in the U.S. Senate in a most unusual trial. The trial is of dubious merit and even more dubious constitutionality. It will stop both sides of the political aisle from pursuing solutions and goals for policy from presidential appointments to COVID relief bills. All of this could be stopped if the leaders of the House and Senate were, still, were not still locked in the last year's partisan struggle with Donald Trump. It also could have been stopped with a small gesture of bipartisan healing for President Biden if he had told congressional leaders he didn't want them proceeding. But none of that happened, so here we are. Two, we two weeks ago, I forced, a vote to I forced a vote to ask my colleagues if, if they even thought an impeachment of a former president was constitutional. 45 of them said it was not, leaving no doubt as to the outcome of the sham of a trial this week. Beyond the constitutional question lies the merits of the impeachment against former President Trump. I've spoken out against the, uh, against the words of many on my side, including those of President Trump. I've spoken out against those who tried to object to the seating of electors, as I thought that was not the role of Congress. But where is the other side? Where were they all last year when the political violence ravaged our cities, when people could barely dine or walk in the streets in many places, when businesses burned and people were injured or killed by mobs? They were silent. Where was the outrage from the left when their politicians, from Representative Maxine Waters from California or Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey, asked people to get up in their faces of people who they disagreed with politically? When they said not to let Trump officials have a moment's peace, even if you see them out in public, dining in restaurants? <clears throat> Where were they when it was shown in the political rhetoric of Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont and the rest of the socialist left inspired the shooter of fighter Republicans at our baseball practice, nearly kill killing Repres Representative Steve Scalise from Louisiana? 
Where were they when Senator Chuck Schumer from New York stood in front of the Supreme Court last year and he called out Justices Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh by name saying, you have released a whirlwind, you will pay the price, you, don't, uh, you won't know what hits you as you go forward into these awful decisions. This earned Schumer a rare direct rebuke from the Chief Justice and scathing rebukes from Senators and others in the GOP, but not a word from the Democrats. You either go, to the de- you either go after the Democrats who incited violence or you say that political speech is Political speech always inspires great passion, and the speaker is not responsible for the actions of the listener unless clearly calling for violence. President Trump deserves the same standard as the other side. He deserves the protections of our Constitution. Our system only works well if we understand if the speaker is not responsible for the actions of the listener, no matter if they are Republican, Democrat, or other. I call on both sides to pay attention, uh, pay more attention to, to fealty to our oaths of, and pressure our own sides to be better. <laughs> oh, Rand Paul. Oh, he's so bad. He's such a bad guy. <laughs> he's right. He's right though. It's like this whole he's out of office. What the hell are you doing with our tax dollars? We're paying for this, you know, ladies and gentlemen. He's not in office. He's been quiet. What more do you want? I mean, it's what you wanted for four years. You finally got it, and now <laughs> now you're still after him, like he's still in office. You can't impeach somebody that's in office. It's the definition. The purpose of impeachment is to remove them from office, and he's not in the office. So it seems like you're about to impeach Biden. I don't know what you know. Think you think what you? No, I don't know if you know what you're doing. But I think you're. You can't. You're, if you're impeaching the president, you're talking about Biden. Trump's not a president anymore. Why are you wasting our tax dollars with this? Anyway. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? It's like it's like the Super Bowl. Did Colin Kaepernick have a good game? Oh, he wasn't in it? Then why am I keep hearing his name? <laughs> why does it keep coming up since the Super Bowl? Why do I keep hearing that fucker's name? Anyway. <laughs> Let's go on to financial news. Uh, Robin, Robin Hood faces class action lawsuit over trading platform that's designed to go down. <laughs> Uh, Robinhood is facing a class action lawsuit after restricting trades on several stocks, stops, stocks, including GameStop and AMC two weeks ago. It's the first time I screwed up on that. All right. Quote, Robinhood knew its actions would result in restricted stock prices to plummet. The lawsuit filed by Ferrero Law Firm reads in part, by doing so, we are looking out for Wall Street hedge funds at the expense of the individuals who are customers in, of Robinhood. Robinhood is restricting securities such as GME, GameStop, from its platform in order to slow growth and help benefit individuals and institutions who are not Robinhood customers, but are Robinhood large uh, institutional investors or potential investors, the lawsuit says. Robinhood did not return Fox Business's request for comment. This lawsuit is unrelated to a lawsuit uh, filed by the family of Alex Kearns, a 20-year-old who committed suicide last year who mistakenly thought he lost more than $700,000 in a risky bet on Robinhood. Jeff, whoa, these are some tough names here. Jeff Quadinets and Sean Burston, awesome name, uh, attorneys for the Fierro, Fierro Law Firm are representing plaintiffs in the lawsuit. Burston claimed that Robinhood turned his back on his customers by placing restrictions on trades. Quote, this case is about Robinhood having, having exposure to GameStop shares, and when that came up, it basically had a meltdown, Burston said Monday in On Mornings with Maria adding that he believes a provision the company is using to defend its actions would not hold up in court. Quote, once everybody has suffered, they said, well, there's a provision that says we can make some adjustments here and there. And that, absolu- and that was absolutely not contemplated by that provision, Burston said. And if that provision were used in the court to exculpate, uh, 
uh, Robin Hood from its liability and for its gross negligence. I don't believe any court would go for that, he added. All I could say is, as an attorney, it would be inconsistent with the applicable law. Law. Quatnets uh, went on to say that he believes the company built, uh, built a platform that's designed to go down and did, not t- and did not take responsibility for its role in the market. Quote, Robin Hood came on uh, with his hold, let's democratize and give access to millennials and younger people, uh, Quatnets told Maria Bart- Bart- Bartiromo. <laughs> that, quote, they didn't take the responsibilities when it, came to, when it comes to something like that. Quatnets uh, added that damages sought in the lawsuit could be in the billions. We still have a long way to go to figure out exactly how many people were affected, he said. So that's good. And it's like, you know, all the stuff that gets uh, taken up in court. I mean, as soon as this stuff happened with GameStop, it's like, oh, that's going to be a couple of interesting cases to watch. Because I mean, it's important. I mean, they're restricting trade, you know, and um, they're restricting trade to you, <clears throat> the average consumer. I'm not the idiot who wants to throw money at GameStop stock. I'm not that kind of guy. But, you know, restricting the trade is different than the restricting a freedom of speech. People, people pay attention more to that for some reason. You start fucking with people's money, people are going to pay attention to that. All right? And so, I mean, uh, the freedom of speech is like, it's been, it's been being censored. It's been being censored for a while now. And yeah, there's some people speaking up about it, speaking up against it, like myself. And, um, uh, uh, but when you start fucking with people's money and you're like restricting the way that they can trade in the markets, that's a big deal. And that's going to get go to court. And now we're going to, hopefully something will come out of these cases involving Robin Hood and this, and this what happened. Uh, hopefully something will come out of these cases where the government says, hey, you can't do stuff like that to the little guy anymore. All right? I think this whole GameStop thing was hilarious. It's a hilarious flash mob, digital flash mob. And it's hilarious, and it's, it's perfectly legal in a fair market. But when you say you can't, we, we are protecting these hedge funds because like they're losing money because you're doing this digital flash mob. It's like, that is illegal. That shouldn't be allowed. That is like the internet censorship we're facing. It's like, we don't want the little guys. We don't want little Shock Monkey Radio become a hit show. So we're going to uh, program the algorithm so it deprioritizes searches on the topics he talks about. Okay? Now they're trying to censor people who are like, censor people or keep people from doing financial transactions. And that, that, my friends, is where it's all good, where the, uh, where the government's going to have to deal and stand up to big tech who are doing things like this. Shutting out the little guy to protect their own pocketbooks, or protect their or protect their uh, opinion. Anyway, moving on to the next story: uh, Alabama man convicted of manslaughter and death of cam girl wife, Cat West. Okay, the husband of Alabama cam girl found bludgeoned to death was found guilty of reckless manslaughter in a trial that featured her mother testifying in his defense. William Jeffrey West, 47, was convicted Friday night in the January 2018 death of his wife, wife Kathleen Dawn West, a stay-at-home mom who lived a double life as Kitty Cat West on an adult subscription-only website, Birmingham Station WBRC reported. Only fans, obviously. Uh, he had not pleaded. Uh, he had pleaded not guilty and claimed she died after hitting her head in a drunken fall. Her mother testified Friday on his behalf. Uh, stating that her daughter was a heavy drinker and prone to antics once she was boozed up. I'm sure she didn't say it that way. <laughs> That's not a direct quote, is it? Anyway, uh, prosecutors argued that 40, uh, the 42-year-old died from a blow to the head from a lucid absinthe uh, bottle wielded by her husband, which was found uh, near her partially clothed body. 
They said he killed her because of her heavy drinking and the use of social media to promote her adult website. Both her blood and her husband's fingerprints were on the bottom. He was originally charged with murder. Uh, quote, while we continue to believe this was an intentional murder, we are pleased that uh, he is being brought to justice, uh, said Shelby County Assistant District Attorney Daniel McBrayer. Uh, the jury deliberated for nearly five hours before announcing the verdict, AL.com reported, uh, delivering its unanimous verdict at about 10 p.m. West faces two to 20 years in prison. That's a wide margin. Two to 20 years? Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's not good. Don't murder. Murdering is bad, obviously. But here's the thing. I, I don't understand this uh, idea that, like, all these women want to be porn stars. You know, I know about only OnlyFans, and I know about, like, people I know who are on OnlyFans, and I'm just like, I'm. that seems weird. It seems weird to me because, you know, I don't, when did being a porn star be a cool, become a cool thing. I don't think it's a cool thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I watch porn, okay? But I, I don't think I'd ever want to be in a relationship with a girl who does porn, you know? Does it make me a hypocrite? I don't care what you think. I don't think so. You know, girl I want to have a relationship with, I hope she has no, she doesn't have an OnlyFans page. And I don't, I don't get why it's cool to, to think you're a porn star or to be a porn star or to, or to basically siphon money from lonely guys and pretend to have some sort of fantasy relationship with you. That seems all sorts of messed up and exploitive. Okay. And not to mention, it's like the kind of people who are going to pay somebody they know in real life uh, to see your, see you naked on the internet. I mean, doesn't that, isn't that skeevy as hell? Isn't that skeevy as hell? And if you're the kind of guy who signs up to somebody's, some girl's uh, OnlyFans page, I mean, don't you understand how skeevy that is? Especially if you, like, know them somehow in real life or something. You know, oh, I went to high school with her. Just pop up and it's like, oh, that dude I didn't know from high school. He was just there. All of a sudden, he's, you know, my biggest spender. It's weird. It's weird. You're not going to end up being in a relationship or something with this girl because you're through through, uh, OnlyFans. You know, I don't know why you women do this. It's like you're 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 so precious. You're so beautiful and precious. It should be private. These kinds of things should be saved for your husband and your husband only. All right. The intimacy of your body should be for your husband and your husband only. You know, trying to make a dollar off of your tits is is not a good way to live your life. And it makes me lose respect for you. You know, so that's why you have a ton of women out there. I've swiping through Tinder earlier today ton of them out there and they're they're incredibly unattractive <laughs> and they have a whole list of demands of wanting the perfect guy you know you're unreasonable you're being unreasonable and it's like you you wonder why you can't find a good man it's because you're not a good woman you know if you have an OnlyFans page it's like you're not a good person you know trying to you know trying to make money off of your sex is is uh, i don't know it's 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 not something i want in a mate that's for sure. And if I was dating a girl and I found out she had, a, she had an OnlyFans page, that's a, that's a deal breaker for me, man. That's a deal breaker. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's like you find out like who her fans are? <laughs> some, some, there's some dude you know in there? <laughs> the hell with that, man. That's the hell with that. Women, you need to have more respect for yourself. More respect for yourself. And appreciate the value that is you. You know, whatever you're charging these guys, you're worth way more than that. 
Okay. Let's go on to this next story. Uh, Dennis Shap- Shapolo- Shapovalov, forgive me, rages over bathroom break denial during Australian Open match. What do you mean I can't go? <laughs> anyway, uh, Dennis Shapovalov, forgive me, I hope I got that right, was forced to hold it during his Australian Open first round match against Janik, Janik Sinner on Tuesday. Uh, this guy raged against the umpire during the match after he was uh, denied a break to use the bathroom to relieve himself, according to Reuters. What happens if I go, he asked the umpire. Do I get a fine? I don't care. (laughs) What do you mean I can't go, he continued. Are you going to disqualify me? I have to pee. I'm going to piss my pants. I'm going to piss in a bottle. (laughs) You guys are not allowing players to piss. I don't understand this rule. I'm right there with you, man. I didn't even know there's rules on this. Anyway, players are allowed two bathroom breaks per five-set matches, but only between sets. Shapovalov uh, was reportedly denied because a player who called for a medical timeout can't leave the court while waiting for help. He was allowed to leave uh, the court on the next break, according to Bro Bible. Uh, he called the rule dumb and claimed that he should have been allowed to urinate because of his small bladder. Really, dude? I've got the smallest bladder ever. I've literally got to take a piss every set. It's so difficult when you're on the court for so long, he said after the match. I've got the smallest bladder ever. I've literally got to take a piss every set. It's so it's difficult when you're on the court. <laughs> so why'd they print that twice? Idiots. This <laughs> The internet's forever, dude. You just told everybody you got a weak bladder. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, I, uh, uh, I, think, I think we should be able to take more breaks and go in the washroom because we, we could be on the court for more than three, four hours, he added. Uh, the Canadian did, did come away with a victory uh, despite being forced to hold it in, defeating center 3 to 6, 6 to 3, 6 to 2, and 4 to 6, 6 to 4 in straight sets. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what tennis scores mean. That sounds like a locker combination. Anyway, so, um, I think this is hilarious that there's rules because I, I, I've, I've been thinking about this article since I read it earlier today. And I was just like, I guess you could have some dude like he keeps running into the bathroom and like uh, putting glue on his hands or whatever, like tennis players do to like, <laughs> or he keeps stalling. He's scared to come out. And he's like, I got to pee again. You know, I guess somebody could take, uh, take advantage of the rules that way. And so that's why the rule exists. But I mean, if the guy's got to go, you know, let him go. It's like, why is this a news story? Why did I find this article? This shouldn't have happened. <laughs> this shouldn't have happened. Anyway, let's talk one last story, uh, and then we'll get out of here. A uh, woman who styled her hair with Gorilla Glue reportedly considering lawsuit after a hospital visit. <laughs> uh, Tessica Brown uh, Louise, the Louisiana woman who styled her hair with Gorilla Glue and later sought medical treatment for a hardened head of hair may soon file a lawsuit against the makers of the product, according to a new report. Brown had originally shared her story last week in a TikTok video viewed nearly 21 million times as of Tuesday morning. In it, she admitted to using Gorilla Glue spray adhesive on her head after running out of her preferred brand of hairspray. What a moron. Uh, Brown alleged that she hadn't been able to remove the glue since spraying it on her do about a month before. Jesus. And ultimately took herself into the emergency room over the weekend where she apparently instructed, they instructed her to use sterilized water and nail polish remover pets to remove the adhesive, uh, according to photo, a photo Brown shared on Instagram. 
Then on Sunday, Brown shared a YouTube video of another woman help woman helping to apply the pads to her scalp while Brown wiped away tears and at one point Winston Payne. Now, sources at TMZ claim Brown has hired a lawyer to look into the case against Gorilla Glue, seeing as the product itself warns against use of the skin of eyes, but not of hair. <laughs> yeah. TMZ's sources further claim that Brown had even tried softening the glue with rubbing alcohol at the suggestion of the folks at Gorilla Glue. Brown had been contacted by Fox News for further comment. Uh, following TMZ's report of Brown's uh, Brown potentially suing, Gorilla Glue released a public statement wishing Brown the best, but claiming the product was never intended to be used in hair. Quote, we are aware of the situation. We are very sorry to hear about the unfortunate incident that Miss Brown experienced uh, using a spray adhesive on her hair, wrote Gorilla Glue in a statement shared on social media. Quote, this is a unique situation because the product is not intended for use in or on hair. As is considered permanent. Our spray adhesive states in the warning label do not swallow, get in the eyes, skin, or on clothing. The glue brand uh, continued to state that the spray should be used for craft, home, auto, or office products. The company did not directly comment on reports of a potential lawsuit. All right. Um, what's that dude's name? Uh, he's a comedian. Uh, Chris something. I don't know. I'm screwing it up. Uh Ugly and angry was a Chris Porter, I think. Chris Porter. Let me let me look that up real quick. But uh, he had a bit. Is like you know the businesses need to have like uh, an "Are you shitting me?" defense. And I, I I kind of I kind of agree with him on this because because uh, yeah Chris Porter ugly and angry in that in that uh, there he's like a, do not assist in childbirth on with this ski. You know it's like you got to put you got to write down every single stupid thing that people could do with your product. You know, just to defend your ass legally. I mean, if it comes down to a courtroom, it's like, this dumb bitch put Gorilla Glue in her hair. How is that our fault? You know? It says, now don't put it, you know, it's Gorilla Glue. When was the last time you ever heard of anyone trying to use Gorilla Glue as a hairspray? Okay? Why is it the company's fault that that woman's an idiot? You know, but, you know, it's it's like Chris Porter said. It's like, you know... (laughs) You know, it's like, hey, you know, if you can't figure it out, you know, it's like, are you shitting me? It's the, are you shitting me defense? Or maybe it's like Bill Burr, you know, when he's talking about McDonald's. The clown should come back on TV and be like, look, if you can't get your fat ass down here before 1030, you're getting a burger. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, you know, businesses, they've been, you know, catering too much to, to these kind of idiots. You know, if you spray Gorilla Glue in your hair, that just proves that you're an idiot. You know, I don't think you're entitled to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, they should have told me not to put glue in my hair. Are you shitting me? Chris Porter, ugly and angry. Go check it out. That dude is hilarious. Anyway, so this is the end of the show. Uh, We've been short lately. I don't know why. Find that old depression, I guess. Anyway, so, yeah, I want to remind you again. To go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, become a patron, uh, or you can send me money through Cash App. He has the hashtag shockmonkeyradio. I would appreciate it. I also have books available online that I wrote uh, on Amazon for digital download. Search for the author Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's. I uh, got the Exit 13 books, three of, three of those. I uh, got the Bunny Years, a memoir about a superhero named Jack Rabbit. And I have The Ravings of a Madman. 
So go look for those. Go download them. Read them. Let me know what you think. Email me at madmanfxbgpr.com. And yeah, that's the end of the show. So uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll see you next week. <laughs> this has been Shock Bucky Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you. <laughs>